0: yo what is up guys welcome back to tag team the pokemon trading card games premiere podcasting duo my name is riley holbert joined as always by my good good friend mr jw Crewall.
1: jw how's it going today it's going pretty well riley uh, aside from my toothache and my head cold <laughs> i am doing fantastic
0: i feel like toothache isn't the problem that categorically i hear very much well okay
1: so I, people so come to me to, with their problems yeah i know i know to give some context i was a bad boy all Uh-oh. throughout college and i did not go to the dentist uh, i was the same way I yeah was. and so so <laughs> i got back and they're like you know the teeth weren't like beyond repair but there were repairs needed so there's one tooth in particular that i think they um did you know they had to do extensive work on so i still have the root or whatever but i think they had to go like really close to the root and so about once every year or two it'll kind of flare up like the 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 nerve will get really like (laughs) it, it wants to like branch out or something but it has nowhere to go because it has a crown on it so i get this like really intense pain in that part of my face so that's what i'm dealing with it's over now hopefully so it usually lasts for like you know two or three days and then it goes away so i'm on hopefully the downswing i've been taking. (laughs) actually it's been really good my wife for her pregnancy she had some 800 milligram ibuprofens (laughs) that i've just been downing you know as, as often as the label recommends and those were for recovery from pushing a human out of her body. But for me, they've been for it's... my my tooth, which I think is pretty equal yeah, yeah, in yeah. pain.
0: Yeah, I mean women just don't understand like for a guy, like having a cold in and it of itself is just as That's bad.
1: that's what I say to my <laughs> wife too. And um you know, and I'm like, you need to take really good care of me because this is horrible, you know, not only the head cold, but also the toothache. It's just been, it's been tough. You can't imagine the pain I'm going through right now. <laughs> I hope you've been doing better.
0: I, I've been doing pretty good. Yeah, it's been a, it was a really stressful past few days for me. Uh, there was a big development deadline at work and I wasn't developing a project, but I was the code reviewer for it. Um, so... That was a little bit stressful, but got past that and have been kind of thriving ever since. Um, You know, I get to go to San Diego next week, get out of the cold. It's like negative 10 degrees here right now. It's kind of miserable. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't like it. It's painful to walk outside. uh, So I'm kind of done with that. Yeah, for sure. So things are going well on on my end, you know, to sort of counterbalance your lack thereof. (laughs)
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think flying to Orlando this weekend, I'll get a lot of, you know, good vibes, I'm hoping. I actually just really hate Florida as a state, just in general. You lived there. I know, I know. And I think it's because I lived there that <laughs> I know it's it's horrors. Well, to be
0: honest, I don't love the city of Orlando, right? Like, Orlando right. has the theme parks, but right. I don't really love the city itself.
1: I, I just feel like, I mean, I've had some really good stories in the state of florida but overall as a state I, I just it's like it's got a weird vibe every time i go back i think it's i'm just i have ptsd from like basically getting fired
0: in yeah, the state uh. so
1: you know fired from my dream job in that state so you know it it happens but uh i will persevere for the sake of playing poke
0: it's true 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 So there's plenty of poke to be played, got Orlando Regional Championship this coming weekend if you couldn't catch the vibe from what Jw was laying down there, Uh, as well as plenty of updates in the Pokemon space for you. So today we're going to talk about the sunset of the Pokemon trading card game online, it was announced this week. We're going to talk a little bit about the results from prior weekend in Liverpool, and then we are going to... Loop it all back together to Orlando on the second half of the cast. So let's just start with it, man. Pokemon Trading Card Game is no longer going to be the Pokemon Trading Card Game Online. It's moving to TCG Live as the new platform going forward, starting with the Scarlet and Violet expansion, which will no longer be developed on TCGO. Uh, now, granted, TCGO will stay online as a you know a client, but will no longer receive sort of uh, content updates, if you will. It won't receive new cards. It won't get rotation, right. things like that. Right. So obviously, this has caused a lot of discussion. We on the the cast have been very vocal about our opinions on on TCG Live and sort of the state of the state there. GW, what are your initial thoughts as we look ahead to a new future?
1: Well, we all knew it was coming, right? And we all kind of figured that it would happen with the release of the new block. You know, that kind of seemed like a. If there was ever going to be a time to transition away from PTCGO, the once every, you know, five year new Pokemon game block seemed like a great opportunity for that. Unfortunately, PTCG Live just isn't ready as a client, both mechanically or visually. Um, it's something that I think as I reflect on how I feel about the client, like I I'm generally a pretty, um, I, I don't take as harsh of a stance as some other, um, creators or players, but I feel like with the client PTCG live, it's more of an impediment to players than it is a tool for players. And that as a competitive player is just really frustrating.
0: Yeah no i i feel that for sure one of my first thoughts when i saw that announcement is you know primarily my mechanism for testing the pokemon game it pokemon trading card game is online right like right. i i test with you and andrew and jesse in the discord and that's where i get the majority of my gameplay outside of right. regional championships in and I don't think TCG Live is currently in a state where I could consider it like a reliable testing tool, you know, a representative testing tool, both in terms of just like mechanically it's a little bit sloppy and also just it's it's bug ridden and it's consistently been bug ridden with every expansion, really easy to sort of break the game state. Um, And that's not super well boating given that the first tournament that I'll be playing in post-rotation will be... (laughs) uh euic you know it's i'm flying overseas i'm gonna go to a big tournament high stakes get your
1: webcams (laughs) and right
0: like that's kind of where i'm thinking right is that we'll have to like webcam test to get real valid gameplay in because i'm very skeptical that come the release of scarlet and violet that tc live will be far enough baked that it'll be ready and yeah even if they fix all the bugs with the current set I'm very skeptical that another new set from a new block will come out and fare much better.
1: Well, it's tough because you're looking at it from two perspectives as well, right? You have the competitive perspective for us. And, you know, it's great to play online in these clients because it's more efficient and getting cards is easy. And you don't have to like mess with, you know, like tabletop simulator to try to get things like it's just more efficient, a collective package for you to test and that's that's great um about it um and then as a casual player you know it's nice to play the game in this controlled environment where everything you know the cards light up and you know it's very obvious to know what to do but i think it fails on both of those fronts where for competitive players you're just seeing all these bugs you're seeing um just matchmaking is pretty bad consistently and maybe that'll improve but like historically for me it takes me like minutes at a time to get into a game um and then as the casual player you, it doesn't really appeal visually uh, it doesn't have a nice feel to it when you play the game so i think i think on both of those fronts it's really um not living up to you know the standards set by other games and that's right. disappointing that's sad and uh frustrating
0: yeah i mean certainly it doesn't look like a uh, trading card game client that came out in 2022 you right. know, or 2021 or however you want to spin it it doesn't look like it is a game that came out in the modern era of online gaming you Yeah, know, it looks like it honestly still kind of looks like a browser game
1: <laughs> yeah totally
0: um and at least tcgo originally was a browser game <laughs> this was you know made to be played on like your phones and at on your desktop, and it still looks as if it was played in a browser in 2006. So that's not great. Um, in addition to sort of the lack of of playability, honestly, my I don't even know if this is like really a conspiracy theory, but my theory around this is my guess is you know logistically whatever contracts they had to out to Direwolf to develop the game, just like this is when they were going to expire. Pokemon right. maybe thought that TCG Live would be farther along, but they don't necessarily really care either way, and they're definitely not going to renew that contract. So, um, you know, that's kind of how it, it hashed out in my mind. That seems the most likely.
1: Yeah, and hopefully they take some of the resources that they were devoting to Dire Wolf when they were developing, you know, both of these games kind of simultaneously, um, and, and devote that more to PTCG Live. But it's uh, it's a dark initial. Step Like, we have not really had good first impressions of the game now that we've had the game uh, in beta for about a year plus now. Um, still really no major improvements. You're still generally seeing um, weird, exploitable bugs with top archetypes. And uh, that that is... It's so crazy, I think, yeah. to be saying all this a year later when we <laughs> initially had all these concerns. And... Now the game is actually releasing as our only option. And we're still kind of saying the same thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think fundamentally many of the concerns that we went over in our episode from a year ago have really fundamentally changed. I think a lot of them are still there. Um, some of the, those initial things have, have been either patched out or updated over time. But also a bunch of new things have gone wrong since yeah. then. Yeah. So
1: it's just
0: it's disheartening. Um, it feels you know half baked and like it wasn't really made with the love and care that it deserved yeah. um which is it's just really unfortunate so you know i'm looking to probably switch to webcam for testing for UIC I you know both so i can start earlier and so i
1: don't have to even deal with the concept of tcg live right yeah i think you're seeing that from some players like a very very uh, harsh Uh, reaction to PTCG Live being the only uh, way to play standard format. And I I think it's justified. I do think we'll eventually make the switch and, you know, and just be griping about it. But, you know, like Andrew, for instance, is just, I know he's dying inside because he's been waiting for this to happen for so long and, you know, hoping that things would change and they haven't. And it's like, what does it do to his career? What does it do for players that don't have a local scene, can't really test with other players, use PTCGO as their primary means of testing? Like, that really impacts them. Um, it, there's, yeah, from a competitive standpoint, uh, from content creator standpoint, it's so rough.
0: And I think, like, the optics of it aren't great either. You know, Trust Your Pilot posted an interesting comparison earlier today where TG Live is really badly perceived by you know not only just like our small competitive community but you know at large it gets bad yeah. reviews in the play stores uh, as opposed to tcg actually had a fairly positive reception on the whole you know in terms of its reviews and and sure. how it might appeal to the average person yeah. i i just can't foresee a world where someone who isn't already familiar with the pokemon trading card game ever picks up tcg live and plays it for more than a handful of games
1: It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. We hope that they eventually uh, get things figured out and, you know, we can all, we can all hope that more resources will be devoted to the client, but, um, it is bleak It's bleak. And I, that's the thing, right? It's
0: like, we do hope, you know, we don't wish ill on the developers, the team or anything like we want this as, as much as they do, if not more, (laughs) you know, I would. Would love to be able to play uh, the trading card game live on my phone and have like a seamless experience that doesn't eat away at my battery like crazy. That would be awesome. I would genuinely be so happy to see that. And so, like, I want this to succeed and I want well wishes. And that's part of why I bring up my concerns at all.
1: I will say, people at the company are listening. There are some people within the company that have you know reached out um to to me and other creators in the space and just asked you know hey um forward us you know your thoughts and we'd love to have your feedback and we're monitoring you know the the tweets and the the other forms of content that are either praising or bashing ptcg live so people are listening within the company um you know how high up the chain that goes i'm not exactly sure but i do know that you know people have been reached out to about the impact that this will have on them and their content. And um, hopefully that gets forwarded to the people that really need to hear the feedback for this game. I sure hope so, man.
0: I want to see some material outcomes. That's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, man. I want like more explosions. Uh, Yeah. More just like giant explosions. That's how we could fix it. I think. (laughs) It's like when you play a card, it's just poof and just a (laughs) nuclear mushroom. At least that
0: would explain why my phone dies so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Because right now I can't see the reason.
1: (laughs) 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 But we got a lot more to talk about than PTCGO. So let's head on over to the results of Liverpool. Liverpool was uh, the regional championship that was held on the 21st of January. Unfortunately, I was out last week, uh, kind of a last-minute thing, so we we weren't able to talk about it last week. But we'll do just a brief overview of what happened there for those of you that didn't follow the results. And I I think it was a pretty interesting tournament overall. We had a few surprises. Um, Riley, walk me through kind of what some of your takeaways were from that tournament in terms of the meta shift in Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the most substantial takeaway, in my opinion, from Liverpool was that Gudra is a very real threat in the metagame right now. And it was sort of underappreciated in the North American tournaments leading up to Liverpool. Um, You know, Stefan obviously getting second place with Gudra. There was another Gudra in the top eight. uh, And that's just something we weren't really seeing here in the States that has since become very popular in the online scene. Uh, I myself was a huge Gujar fan when the card first came out and I was and then I sort of never played it in a real tournament. So it's really interesting to see kind of the pivot back to success. I think you can attribute it to a couple different things. I think um, you know the Guogters have found a way to start to make their deck at least competitive into the lugia matchup where they've historically struggled. Um, and there's just such a wealth of these sort of low damage, Either Vika Volt type of decks or single prize decks that can't really deal with the damage reduction from Gudra, that sure. Gudra really capitalizes on that sort of hole in the metagame, yeah. and you know farms the Lost Zone box decks. It farms the uh, the Reggie decks that have no real way of effectively dealing with it. So huge props to Stefan for finding that hole in the metagame and climbing up to second place. But of course, one thing you love to see if you're on the tag team podcast or in our friend group is Mew Genesex taking home the dub. It is still a Mew year. Uh, and you know, this is a really straightforward build of Mew. Nothing crazy like uh, yep. Xander was playing with the Aerodactyl and the Manaphy uh, yep. really just leaned into, you know, multiple forest heelstone stone. You had, um, judges and Marnie and path to the peak and lost city. It just like, playing a straightforward, simple Mew list that works and does what it's supposed to do. And for whatever reason, they don't really like playing Drapion in Europe, I guess. Yeah. So climbing all the way to the top there uh, was Leon Kesselring. So I think those are probably some of the biggest takeaways is that Mew is still a big threat. It hasn't made many noteworthy appearances in the top eight of North American tournaments, but I think that's largely attributed to a much higher proportion of drapeon in north american decks um mew getting two placements in liverpool also yeah. one other cool noteworthy thing in my opinion was sanders eveltal flying pikachu um sort of thornton deck that you yep. will thor you'll eveltal eveltal and then thornton into flying pikachu and close the game out um Or you know, set up multiple single prize attackers onto the board and Thornton into a flying Pikachu versus like a loss box things like that, and then scoop up net the the remainders. Right. Um, Really cool deck. Really awesome strategy developed by Sander. I really enjoyed watching his stream games Mm -hmm. at that tournament because it was just a really interesting, well executed strategy, Um, and I thought that was super fun, super good. And, you know, just props to Sander for, like, always managing to find this crazy combination of cards that he needs to play for whatever tournament he's going to. I, yeah. <laughs> that is a yeah. remarkable talent. He is truly, like, one of the greats right now.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so cool to see and so sad to see, I feel like, because he gets so close. I know. You know, and, and to see his match in top eight against Stefan, it was, like, kind of crushing because you felt like any other matchup, in that top eight outside of the the two (laughs) Gudras was like not, not necessarily auto win, but like you see the path a lot easier than going against a deck like Gudra that, you know, has an evolution attacker that has free, you know, a zero energy attacker that can mess with your double turbo strategy with the stadiums. Like there's a lot of just different things that uh, can counter his deck that you see in these Gudra decks that, It's just a shame, you know, because he gets so close and just can't quite get over the finish line.
0: I totally agree. Um, Whether it's matchups or top cut time rules, (laughs) he's always in spitting distance. Um, And he has to get there one day. You know, he is truly just a deck building genius. And I want to see him win. I think think he's someone that a lot of people root for (laughs) at these tournaments. Yeah totally Uh, because they want to see him get that final like stretch to the victory with his awesome Mm -hmm.
1: decks yeah
0: what other takeaways do you see from Liverpool as we transition over to crowns yeah
1: I mean finally we see Mew winning that was a big deal um it's a little bit of vindication for our choices earlier in the season we felt like coming out of Toronto coming out of Peoria that Mew was a great call for the meta um and it just didn't it didn't swing our way, you yeah. know, for, for the group. But uh, to see Mew win, it was just you know for me it was like oh yeah I I think I made the right choice in those past tournaments like I, I think it was uh, a fine. It's deck. a tournament winning deck. It's yeah. a tournament winning deck exactly. So yeah. um, that was cool. You know, wish you were me. But <laughs> really, you know. <laughs> and then the other takeaway that I come from that I take from Liverpool is the Lugia lists are getting more and more interesting. Um, we saw as a response to the Aerodactyl that has been, you know, um, a strong inclusion in Volt or different Arceus decks, um, have the counter by some Lugia players playing Canceling Cologne. I think that's a really interesting card. Um, you're seeing people play Canceling Cologne, maybe with um, an Irida, or maybe with a Skyla, Maybe they're playing two Canceling Cologne, but that seems to be kind of the hot new tech to at least give your deck an option against the Aerodactyl. Now, obviously, the Canceling Cologne, if the Aerodactyl uses the V-Star attack, then it gains an ability, right? But that ability is on that Aerodactyl in the active spot. So if you can use Canceling Cologne when that Aerodactyl is active, then you can shut off that ability, be able to use your own ability, on a Lugia V-Star, get out your Archaeops, and then um, you nullified essentially uh, everything that they've tried to do to counter you.
0: And that's the thing, right, is especially against the Aerodactyl, you only really need to just hit that ability once and get off to the races. Um, now, granted, you typically are on a timer to use that cologne, right, because the Aerodactyl can retreat and then subsequently not be affected by the cologne anymore unless you were to boss it back up. Um, But even then, that's like a fine potential option, at least, to have in your game. So it makes sense to see that sort of ramp up. Uh, Also has, you know, use cases against mill tanks or against uh, Duraladons. So, you know, you can see how you arrive to to playing Cancelling Cologne in your deck. Um, And, you know, sort of the next level iteration of that is to play Skylar or Irida to add a little more incremental value to both the Cancelling Cologne and other cards you may
1: be playing. Totally. Also decent against things like Weezing, too. So, you know, there's a lot of different decks that the canceling... Like, it's, it, it's a it's a tech that, while very specific, can hit a lot of random, kind of the more rogue yeah. options. And uh, clearly a lot of players in Liverpool felt it was, it was worth playing. And a lot did well.
0: Awesome. Well, I think Liverpool... You know, the meta isn't necessarily... Wholly shifting heading into Crown Zenith, right? Like Crown Zenith is a relatively speaking, competitively small set. So we're still going to talk about what the meta looks like, but I think the results from Liverpool are super relevant as we look ahead towards Hmm. Orlando. You know, you'll see a lot of these same archetypes and deck building decisions in Orlando, even though there is a new set in the meta game. So let's transition over to our card of the day and the ad read before we talk a little bit about Orlando. So J.W, I was thinking a lot about what kind of card I wanted to choose for today, and I decided that I wanted to piggyback off of <laughs> your tweet earlier today about the, the best card of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think this is the best card of all time, but,
1: but you was reminded used to
0: think. No, oh. I didn't think that either. But I, <laughs> I think this card's like kind of mediocre. It's like it's, it's okay. like a,
1: what what I, I still remember you, um, talking about what's the one dark rye and then hypno like, or the hypno yeah in the stadium <laughs> yeah
0: all night party <laughs> yeah man
1: so it's not that right no okay.
0: no it is a stadium card though and I was reminded of this because um, the card that you tweeted out was Magnesium Prime which was a Heartgold Soul Silver era card. And, you know, in the spirit of all the hype around Lost Box right now, I wanna give homage to <laughs> what would be a really hilarious Lost Zone counter card in Lost World. So Lost World is a stadium card from one of the previous iterations of the Lost Zone mechanic. Lost Zone typically is like a once a generation type mechanic. You'll get a Lost Zone sort of set anymore. And Lost World's effect was, once during each player's turn, if that player's opponent has six or more Pokemon in the Lost Zone, that player may choose to win the game. Now, it was intended at the time to be used with a Gengar that put its knockouts into the Lost Zone. But imagine if this card was playable today, and you could just hard punish any Lost Zone box player who happened so to hit too many Pokemon.
1: Insane!
0: Now, actually, don't think they get six Pokemon in Lost Zone too often, but it would just be such a hilarious win god.
1: It would. You just like tech the one of,
0: <laughs> or like you play a couple Lost City in a deck, and then <laughs> wrap it up with the Lost. World. Oh
1: my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah, knock out a few evolution <laughs> Pokemon.
0: Exactly. Dang. Yeah, knock out the Inteleon and then play the Lost
1: World the Dexter. That was my first competitive deck. Lost Gar? Yeah. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, like, still have some of the cards from it.
0: That's like, so just, I
1: got, I got a bunch of the Gengars graded, and I still have the Muse around here somewhere. But, yeah, that was my first ever, what, what were they called, Battle Road?
0: Yeah, yeah, Battle Road.
1: Yeah, so I have fond memories of that deck and that card.
0: And this this card is, is one of the the ones that really fascinate me. I think all of the alternate win condition cards, you know, the cards that explicitly sort of are tied to a win condition, are really interesting. You know, the unknowns or another really interesting set of cards. Um, you don't see too many sort of alternate, truly alternate win cons in Pokemon, right? Like you have deck out as one. But really, like, Pokemon, you're taking prizes, and that's right. how you win. And right. So seeing something, like, completely off the wall like this is, is just really cool to me.
1: For sure.
0: Awesome. So before we go into Orlando, let's go ahead and thank our sponsor for today's episode. JW, you want to take us away?
1: Manscaped has been so good to us here on the Tag Team Podcast, and we're here to recognize them once again as the presenting sponsor of the cast. They actually sent us a new product, which we've had the opportunity to try. It's the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. And this is, they've they've selected products so carefully for the bearded men and women in the world that I just have to talk a little bit more about this Beard Hedger Pro Kit. So you have the trimmer, Right, I think the whole genesis behind this uh, kit for uh, for manscaped was they, they had the they had the lawnmower 4.0 right that's that's for your your ultra balls uh, but <laughs> why would you use the same trimmer on your balls that you would use for your face so beard Hedges Pro kit they have a trimmer they have a comb and a brush for that beard they have a nice pair actually a really nice pair of scissors to clip any kind of uh, stray hair and then they got some of the more. Um, you know, spa like accessories, the beard oil, the beard shampoo, the beard balm, the beard conditioner. It's a really well designed product. And uh, I just want to thank Manscaped for sending it over. Yeah, not only is it an
0: awesome electric razor, but I seriously want to do call out all the sort of ancillary uh, inclusions with this pack. You know, the beard comb, the oil, the balm. I, as someone who's like gone through the process of growing a beard before, it makes a huge difference whether or not you actually use those products in a like fully formed beard. That's the difference between having sort of a scraggly mess and a majestic, you know, lovable, affable beard that uh, men and women around the world will appreciate. So go go on over to manscaped.com and use code TAGTEAM. That's T-A-G-T-E-A-M at checkout. And not only will you get 20% off, but you'll also get free shipping. Jeremy and I are huge fans of all of Manscaped's products, including the new Beard Hedger. So be sure to check us out. Be sure to check them out. Check us out, too. <laughs> 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 but be sure to check them out. Use code tag team at checkout, and you won't regret your purchase, I promise you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Use code tag team at checkout. 20% off plus free shipping over at Manscaped.com. Thanks for checking out Manscaped, and thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring the cast.
0: All right, JW, we are a few short days away from a new metagame in Orlando. Orlando is going to be gigantic. This tournament is insanely large. Dude,
1: it's so, it's so stupid. It's so, I'm like, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the dumbest tournament that I'll ever attend. I think, you know, yeah. barring, barring, I don't know, a 3000 per- person internationals right like this for the amount of players that are going and the amount of time that the tournament will probably take (laughs) the amount of travel that I'm doing and then the prizing or lack thereof (laughs) it's just like all things about it are just kind of you know you you take a step back and if I didn't love to just play the game in its purest form it's just so stupid (laughs) it's so 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 ridiculous let's let's
0: kind of break that down right so there's what 1750 total tcg players registered across all divisions so you know realistically you're looking at probably as a minimum you're looking at 14 to 1500 masters amongst that 1700 um, which means top 32 is where the money (laughs) starts and so 32 out of let's say 1450 32 out of 1450 that's two percent of the field (laughs) it goes home with (laughs) like substantive value yeah oh man that's tough that's really tough dude the day two probably going to be like
1: 150 200 people whoever wins this tournament i mean who it's it'll probably be me but whoever wins this tournament it's got to be one of the like the grindiest tournaments of all time
0: the most
1: impressive the what probably one of the more impressive like physical feats because you (laughs) have to think that with all these players just rounds are going to take longer you know the day is going to go by slower and there have been some pretty um significant advances in terms of uh you know speed of play and and speed of rounds ending but even so i mean you have the largest tournament of all time projected (laughs) it's going to be nuts
0: yeah, imagine coming in at six two one at your hundred fifty two hundred band day two.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's the thing, man. You can make day two. There's a realistic shot, very realistic shot. You know, you're walking away with the minimum points that you could get from the event, right? In a top two fifty six finish, <laughs> yeah. and you play five rounds. Right? They like won't even let you drop six rounds. You can drop. Or six you rounds. can drop. Oh, you can drop now. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Ever know.
0: since uh like 2019 you can drop and and they'll preserve your current placement
1: Ah, i see i see the current win total i gotcha gotcha
0: yeah so you'll be at the bottom of the rankings for that win total even if you have better resistance but
1: see i've never done that before (laughs) and you know didn't make day two of my last tournament but
0: yeah i mean i i have never been (laughs) in that situation either (laughs) But it's good to it's. I think it's legitimately good to know about because if you're like you fully out, if you're fully out, out of there, yeah, like, and you're you're not feeling it anymore, like go to Disney World or something, man. Like just get out of here.
1: Yeah, for real. It's it's crazy. I can't wait to hear the horror stories after the tournament because you know you know there's gonna be there's gonna be some some drama. <laughs>
0: there's got there's gotta be drama with seventeen hundred people there, right? Like something's gonna happen. <laughs> You got to think. Drama alert. So we want to go through sort of the meta heading into Orlando. We're going to start by giving a sort of meta breakdown where we expect the field and aggregate to to fall and what that'll look like. And then we'll go into sort of what our top five decks are heading into the tournament. So, J.W., why don't you kick us off by talking about some of the most popular decks that we'll see in the field and about roughly what we're looking at.
1: Sure, so you have Lugia, which has pretty consistently maintained about a 30-35% share of the meta, and I would expect that to continue. Lugia is far and away the... Most versatile archetype of these top archetypes, it has answers to just about everything um, if you know if you want it to, right? You can tech the Bird Keeper if you're expecting Paralysis decks. You can tech the Canceling Cologne if you're expecting Aerodactyl. You can play different uh, Radiant Attackers, right? You got your Raikou if you want to shore up a little bit your Lost Zone matchup. So it's got all these tools that it can use, and it's just kind of picking your battles and picking what you want to be good into or have more favorable matchups against. So Lugia should be a choice for a lot of players, fairly difficult to counter, um, although there certainly are those decks that look to prey upon Lugia. You also have... Oh, go ahead.
0: And maybe we just talk about this in in the recommended decks, but um, do you think Lugia will maintain its sort of 30% range, or do you think it'll go down relative to prior tournaments?
1: No, I I totally think it'll be um, not only a comfort pick for a lot of players, but also just because it's so strong um you really can't go wrong picking a deck like lugia yeah um for a tournament this large just because it's very consistent has answers to a lot of things um and there's some ways that you can outplay opponents um that you know other decks just don't have so i like lugia a lot for this tournament 30 percent seems extremely reasonable wouldn't be surprised to see it creep up towards you know 35 36 37 percent you also have Mew that just came off a win at Liverpool that's most recent regional Um, that is a tough play I'm trying to convince myself that Mew is a bad play for this tournament but as we've said on the cast before Mew doesn't necessarily care about Drapion like singularly like Drapion in isn't necessarily what Mew fears. Mew fears Drapion and, right? Mew fears Drapion and a way to take an additional prize or and a way to um, knock out a second Mew VMAX. So I think the turbo variants of Mew are probably the more popular ones. I like that one myself. You also, I yeah. uh, really enjoy the turbo Mew without the Meloetta. I'm sure we'll see a Meloetta player do well, but yeah. Um, Mew Genesect is certainly in that kind of top three, top five range. Um, tough to see it, you know, not reach about, I would say, 10%. Yeah, I mean, I think, of game.
0: His, I think we're going to see something kind of similar to the historical precedent where it's probably like in aggregate loss zone box exceed Mew, but Mew is probably the second most by raw quantity in and of itself. Sure, sure. Um, that would be my guess personally
1: yeah and then well you bring up lost Zone box i think we um there's a lot of different variants so rayquaza has been popular um there has been this turbo variant that has popped up that just looks to get a turn one attack um with with a you know a v pokemon like a dragonite or a raikou on that first turn so getting seven in the lost zone on turn one and just going all out turbo to do that um that's really interesting um, you have Lost Zone boxes that you know, maybe are looking to try out some of the new tools. The Zamazenta is certainly an interesting inclusion for that deck, as is Sky Sealstone. Yeah. So Lost Zone box, a lot of different avenues to go with that. It's kind of tough to say for me like what will be the most popular. Um, but you know, Lost Zone box as an entity certainly in the top five certainly a deck you want to prepare for um and and definitely a deck that will be piloted by good players
0: yeah yeah lost zone Box is is definitely cemented itself as a staple i think we've sort of as a community we've reached a consensus that rayquaza is a great sort of pick up and play variant of lost zone box where it's straightforward Mm -hmm. and it's you know mechanisms and, and what you're trying to do every game uh, and that makes it more accessible to players there does seem to be a sentiment that perhaps like a kyogre or sableye oriented variant is better potentially but has a much less forgiving skill curve if you will sure. um, so that's something to consider i do think lost zone box as a sum total will be the second most played archetype you will see them everywhere Um, you'll hear a lot of flower selectings (laughs) over the course of your rounds, be it across from you or next to you.
1: Absolutely. So in terms of top five best decks for the tournament, um, we have to talk about Gudra. This is a deck that has been, you know, gaining steam, I would say from the Liverpool regional. We've been seeing it pick up a lot online and in online play. Um, and so if that's really any indication, the online sphere, um, as a prediction of the IRL meta, then we should see Gudra in solid numbers uh, for Orlando regionals.
0: Yeah, and I definitely do want to call that out. Um, whenever I look at the online tournaments, I prefer to look more at metagame trends than particular decks that like won a tournament or whatever. Right. right. Um, and when we look at the metagame trends, Gudra has been... Absolutely on the rise. The latest late night, Gudra was right up there with Lugia and Lost Zone Box and Mew in terms of representation. And it had a really solid win rate, you know, clocking in at like 53%. That's not anything to scoff at for a deck that's played in that quantity. So Gudra does seem like something you actively want to prepare for. And I wouldn't want to take an L at least into that matchup because I think it is a reasonable... A reasonable and powerful deck.
1: Yeah, so so that's curious. So why wouldn't you want to, you know, t- take an L to Gudra? Like, why why would you choose a deck that had a good matchup into Because,
0: Well, I don't necessarily think you need a good matchup into Gudra, right? And you can maybe be unfavorable, but I wouldn't want to be, like, playing one of the decks that's an auto-loss into Gudra. Right,
1: because you, you think that, based on its representation online and its performance in Liverpool... That it'll kind of rise to the top.
0: Yeah, I I don't expect it. I don't expect Gujra to be as well represented at Orlando as it is online. If I'm being honest, because I think it's a, I think Gujra is also just a really appealing deck. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to play in this online tournament tonight. Let me just slay Gujra, right? Sure, sure. Um, But I do think because Gujra has a lot of these polarizing matchups, where it can just completely shut some decks out, and then it has a fighting chance against all the other decks that it will likely aggregate towards the top tables would be my guess if it's piloted yeah. by good players. So yeah. that would be my guess as to what would happen with Gudra, which means if you are you know, playing a deck that has a really bad Gudra matchup, the Gudras are going to be around you, right? And sort of feasting on you. So uh, at least if you're trying to be at those top tables and winning the tournament. So that's something I would consider, right? Is I wouldn't really want to play some goofy Arceus variant that just takes an L to Gudra. I wouldn't want to play a Reggie deck going into this tournament and just take an L to Gudra, um, but I could play something that maybe has a slightly more favorable matchup in and get some wins in other ways in other matchups.
1: Sure. And then rounding out the top five of best plays for Orlando, and this is not, again, necessarily by share, but so far we've, um, you know, largely gone by, you know, most popular Lugia, Mew, lost one. Um, but I think the fifth best play for this tournament has to be stall. We looked at mm-hmm. um, Xander – or uh, Sander, sorry. <laughs> we looked at how Sander's performance, um, you know, could open the door for more players to consider stall. It always feels like a fringe deck until one of the great stall masters brings out their concept. <laughs> <Stall> masters, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's usually Sander Wojcik, so um, – you know, but just kind of defining what it, what stall looks like in the current format. Um, I do feel like it's a strong play if you have the reps with it. Will it? Should you be preparing for it? No, probably not. In terms of like how you're teching your deck, I don't necessarily think it's a you know going to show up in high numbers. But I do think it's one of the better plays for the tournament.
0: Yeah, I. The thing with stall is just you have to meticulously have your deck built for every tournament. You know, you have to have made the call for the tournament as far as what your stall deck should look like. Um, And I personally don't know what I would want my stall deck to look like going into Orlando. And I think that stun lock may affect a lot of people, so it won't be like an oppressively popular deck, but it certainly is a good choice if you have sort of found your stall deck for the tournament. Um, So finding those sort of metagame holes and punching through them is really powerful, it will get tournament wins. It has already got tournament wins this season with Piper, so you know the potential's out there. And I don't think the metagame has shifted away for stall totally. So, I, I do want to loop back to Lugia, though. So, Lugia, you know, it's continues to be represented well, it's putting up good numbers in online tournaments. Um, what would your Lugia deck look like? You know, is there any matchups that you'd be trying to prepare for? or I maybe lack thereof when trying out Lugia.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I wouldn't be very worried about Aerodactyl, um, personally. And you know, if you're somebody that's like, well, I I should be worried about Aerodactyl. I should play the canceling clone in my list by all means. You know, go for it. I think it's (laughs) not like it's not a crazy thing, right? But I just um, I worry about at a tournament this large, just hitting. The random matchups, and um, and yeah, I, I don't really need to prepare for these more fringe matchups. There was a point in the metagame, and we kind of saw players reacting to it at Liverpool. There was a point in the metagame where the Vicovolt Arche- uh, Aerodactyl deck had, you know, a second place finish in the US, and and had won the prior regional. And I do think that it's fallen out of favor a bit with players. Um, you are seeing counters. With lugia um and just other archetypes being a little like the Lost Zone decks getting maybe a little bit faster Gudra, I can't imagine that being a particularly strong matchup for the deck, so um <laughs> you're seeing the metagame shift away from Vikavolt being a really strong contender, so um for me, my Lugia deck where I to play it in Orlando I'm saying I'm saying you know screw any counter to. Aerodactyl. I'm just going to go all in and make my deck a little bit more consistent. Cut out canceling Cologne. Cut out the Skyla.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm all in favor of a very consistent Lugia list. Um, so, another deck I wanted to ask about is Lost Zone Box. What would your personal preferred variant be as someone who's going to be playing in Orlando in a few days?
1: I really like the Lost Zone Box lists that have. A a faster, you know, bent towards them. Like this Turbo list, um, I have been really enjoying. It's one of kind of the more fun decks I think to play. Um, Alberto Conti was really kind of the the genesis for this style deck. But basically, what you're trying to do is get a turn one Raikou or Dragonite and hit for major damage, or even a Greninja right in the mirror. And you usually choose to go second and you're playing max counts of escape rope, switch cart, scoop up net, uh, just so that you can try to go for that turn one, two fifty on the dragonite, or, you know, however much you're able to do with the Raikou, um, and just try to get an early knockout and control the tempo of the game such that it doesn't really get to a late game. Now, if you do get to a late game, you have the Kyogre to try to set up those snipe plays, um, but really, the whole idea of the deck is to get out of Dragonite V on the first turn. And it's been extremely fun. I've loved testing this deck. It's a new take on the Lost Zone list. And that would be my choice heading into Orlando. I think it's a great, great call.
0: And you're saying that would be your choice for amongst Lost Zone or amongst all of these decks?
1: Uh, that would be my choice amongst the Lost Zone variants. Am I going to be playing Lost Zone, uh, box at Orlando? Probably not, uh, given my propensity to play a little bit on the like I, my brain cognitively, I can't function <laughs> at the highest level, um, at all times. At and the, with the ball s- in the
0: chandelier.
1: <laughs> yeah, so true, man. I'm not the. I'm one fry short of a Happy Meal at this point in my career. But uh, no, I mean, I just, it, it, there is a real struggle with like making sure that you're pacing yourself well. Um, you know, we we always kind of talk about that as being um, something to consider when you're choosing decks, right? Like if you feel like you have really uh, the same win rates with, you know, a very slow deck versus a very fast deck, then you should just choose the fast deck because that gives you an advantage in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's, Something to be said there for being able to play a deck fast. Now, speed is not the only reason that I will choose decks. But um, there is a component there that uh, that should be kept in mind. So, Lost Zone Box, it's, it's on the table for me. Um, I've also been testing a variant with Sky steel Stone and Zamazenta, like I had alluded to a little bit earlier in the cast. That one's a little more interesting. It's a bit slower, and I'm worried about playing Mirror just because it can kind of be a crapshoot and I would expect a lot of good players to pilot loss on box, but that isn't off the testing table and you know, I'll be able to make some more final decisions Friday night when I get to the hotel.
0: Awesome. So still plenty of stuff on the radar as we look ahead here. And personally, I would strongly consider playing Lugia again. I think this is a kind of a good time to play Lugia if any, because the metagame is a little bit wider and so some of these counters have a little less room to breathe. It feels mm-hmm. like you know some mm-hmm. of these wacky counter decks um, don't have as an obvious of a hole in the metagame to punch through, which lets Lugia then capitalize
1: on the lack of counters. Yeah, I think the rise of Gudra is going to really help Lugia. Yeah, and not that it not that it needed help, right? Like it's it was still one of the most um, represented decks at Liverpool, and it was by far the most represented deck in the top 32 of Liverpool. So it's like, it's not like it needs help or anything, but uh, certainly the existence or the reemergence of Gudra helps Lugia a ton. Cause it, it takes out some of those kind of fringe frustrating matchups, like the Reggie's, you know, that can be just kind of a frustrating matchup. It, it lost on box can be some, at times frustrating. Right. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, I think the, the Gudra is sort of the impetus there and it, has a variety of effects it not only just like in of itself beats some of those counter decks for you but it's also just another deck that the meta has to account for right yeah. um which makes it harder to play um some of those more targeted counter decks you know things like a palkia paralysis deck are harder to justify playing when things like gudra exist right in addition to lugia in addition to lost box like okay now you're just you're working with so many different moving parts that you can't yeah. have as focused of a counter deck.
1: Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting to see if we've overvalued Gudra, right? I mean, um, certainly if you look at the online trends, Gudra's is on the uptick kind of by an insane amount. But time will tell. You know, maybe we're spot on and it was definitely a deck to um, be wary of. Maybe we've overhyped it a little bit too much. We'll see you after this weekend.
0: For sure, man. For sure. So I'm really excited to see what happens this weekend. It's going to be huge. It's going to be chaotic. And I will be watching from the comfort of my own home. If you all want to get on the conversation and let us know what you're thinking as the tournament plays out, good news is you can do that if you head on over to Twitter and check out Tag Team Pokemon. You'll be able to find us. You can also look at our personal Twitters at... Real John Walter for JW and at Smiles with Riles for myself. We also record the podcast every single week live at Twitch.tv/Munner. We won't be recording on my channel next week though uh, because I will be on a work trip in San Diego. So you can instead check it out with a special guest at JW Stream at Flex Daddy Righteous.
1: Absolutely. Also, be sure to check out the merch FlexDaddy.card/shop. We got some tag team long sleeve tees that uh, we'd love to see you in. So check on those shirts over at flexdaddy.card slash shop. Really, really fresh looking good. I'll be wearing mine in Orlando. So that is the cast, you guys. We can't wait to, well, I can't wait to see you down in Florida. (laughs) Safe travels. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Peace. See ya.